0: bed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old man Grognard here. Happy Monday. I hope you're all doing well. I'm still prepping for the Monday game, Monday night game, and. Lo and behold, in my mailbox, I've got another email from Mark Wallring, and I am going to answer it in this episode. See, this is what I love about you people, you listeners who, you you really get me to thinking, which is what I like. And you come up with some really good points that I want to address as far as my preference on things and a few other stuff like that. So Mark writes... Greetings once again, Glenn. First, I want to say thank you for your previous response. I about near had a panic attack while driving Sunday, hearing you read my previous message on the podcast. Well, just take it easy. This is another one. I'm not trying to call it as accidents or put people in the hospital. So just take it easy. Thank you for your recommendations and assistance. You're welcome. However, I seem to have come on something that I've heard you speak about in previous episodes, of which currently I'm trying to catch up as fast as possible. And it has to deal with perception checks and skill checks. Okay, Fair enough. You said you prefer using Tunnels and Trolls Talents chart, which I'm looking into for skill checks, but I also came across a method in basic fantasy known as Secondary Skills, which I've used to some extent, but not sure how to apply the difficulty check and what the player should aim for. I'm used to following a formula such as fifths, eighth, plus proficiency, bonus, plus modifier, and of course, you just have the player roll their check as normal, and the outcome would be a pass or fail as declared by the DM. But, I'd like to learn how to get away from that if possible with a simpler method. I've been told default thresholds are 10 for easy, 15 for medium, and 20 for hard checks. What do you think on this for checks? Also, I am to understand that before the modern wisdom check of a D20 plus modifier to determine what's going on in your surroundings was a single D6 that we use with a 1 or 2 being the requirement for detecting sound, an object, or an ambush. Is this the norm you use of what, what, what could I use that would make this more presentable to those in my group of a modern background? I was also thinking of incorporating advantage and disadvantage system in using checks. So far I'm loving what I'm seeing in Blue Home and have started to look into OSR classics for future Sundays to shake things up a bit. Truthfully, as you have stated, there is not much need for monsters other than the bare bones needed. To know such as hit points, AC, and damage. Overall, I've been able to get a dungeon planned out much faster than before with just the bare minimum of required stats. The biggest time consumption was printing, cutting, and taping the other paper pawns I used for tokens. Aside from ink expenditure, I find it simpler and cheaper than buying figures and having to print them, paint them, though I know this, that is in itself, has a wide range of popularity itself. As always, thank you for your time and attention with the casts and videos, Mark Wahlberg. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Okay, let's go over a few things here. Skills, secondary skills. You find that all the way back in first edition AD&D. Now, there really wasn't much to do with it. That was the problem. I looked through my copy of Basic Fantasy for for some reason I couldn't find what you were talking about, but I'm sure it's there somewhere. But if I understand, it's like a D20 roll or a, just a chart picking out what your character had as a secondary skill before he became adventuring. That's all it was. And Gary, in first edition, gave some vague notion about how to apply it, which to me was totally frustrating because I didn't know how to apply it at the time. I'm just a dumb kid, you know? And tunnels and trolls is good. The talent section is good. That slowly started in, I believe, seventh level, seventh edition. I'm sorry, seventh edition uh, tunnels and trolls, and of course, deluxe tunnels and trolls. But it it works. I would I wouldn't mind using it myself if I wanted all that much, all that much skill. See, I have a trouble is I have a love hate relationship with skills. I like some skills, but not too much because I've always bothered me what did these people do before they decided to pick up a sword and a shield and go adventuring? You know, they It's not like they lived, you know, they'd existed in a vacuum or something and then they just came to being saying, hey, I want to go adventure. So on the whole, I've always looking for, it's always background stuff for me and it could apply into the games. So what I did was I'm trying to work out a secondary skills thing and I'm pretty much, I'm pretty big on, uh, I'm pretty big on stat rolls. Stat rolls, now you understand I play old school, which is descending armor class and all that. So for stat rolls, you roll under that stat and if you're going to do a saving throw, you roll over that saving throw. So that's the way that works. And what I want to do with secondary skills is i I come I came to a conclusion that the players should pick a secondary background, not necessarily skills. I like to use a broader thing. I'll like cast a wider net on that because if i if somebody picks a Pick a skill, say they were a blacksmith before they became an adventurer. Okay, you have some skills that would apply to adventuring in certain areas. And what we're going to do is if you're going to try and do something, I'm going to make you, and this mostly applies to stat rolls. I'm going to have you roll a stat under the stat. And if you can, if you if you or I come to the conclusion, or if you can convince me that your background would give you advantage over this, I would give you something like a plus two or a plus three on that role. And that's the way I would deal with skills. I've seen some really, oh, god awful skill systems. I've seen some really tedious ones like third edition. And I've seen some really good ones like basic D&D rule cyclopedia skills. I like that skill set, but I just don't want to use it. Because once you start doing that and you're getting better, it's just more bookkeeping. I'm trying to keep it simple, as are you. So this is the way I do background skills. If you're a blacksmith and in the middle of in the middle of a wilderness area, a horse shows throws a shoe. If you had or fix or better yet, a cart breaks. You are a blacksmith. You kind of know how to fix a cart. You may not be a wheelwright, but I give you like a plus one or plus two, uh, if uh, providing you have something of some kind of resources to use it. If you don't have an anvil with you, but you, there's this great big flat rock, you can use that. All right, I'll give you a plus one or plus two on that. If you got a whole setup, plus three. Let's say you your wheelwright, same thing. But you see, you see how I'm doing this. And I this I also like doing this because this tends to get more involvement out of the players, more participation. If you can convince me that you can do this with the, the background you have, I will give you the pluses for it. Because that means you're engaged and that means you're really thinking about this. You really, you know, the whole thing's coming together, which which is what I like. I don't like people just throwing out skills saying, oh, well, I got this, well, I got that. And so I should get this, and I should get that. And I said, well, no, we're going to do a little more organically here, okay? Fine. Perception. Now, that's fine the way 5th edition does it, if you're all right with that. I'm fine with it. I don't do it. Again, simplis, simplistic is the catchword for me. So what I do... What do I do? Like, I'm doing that Astonishing Swordsman, and I decided to apply this to D&D and any other class and level system. Take your intelligence and your wisdom, add them together, divide by two. So your perception is the average of your intelligence or wisdom. And once again, as a stat, you roll under it. And that's how I do perception. What you've described, you could probably... What you describe... Okay, first of all, let's make a differentiation here. Perception... Versus surprise. Now, what you described on a D6 is what we used to call check for surprise. So, maybe you surprised the bad guys. Maybe the bad guys surprised you. That's how you find out. You roll for surprise on a 1 or 2. Or actually, it's, I think a what? A 1 or 2. You're surprised, but certain, certain races and classes like elves have it on a 1, 2, or 3. And rangers would have it on a 1, 2, or 3 or something like that. So that's surprise. Now there's nothing wrong with taking the perception skill that I just described and add it or rather use that as a surprise role. I mean, it's all perception because to me, perception is your intelligence and your wisdom working together. The intelligence to spot it, the wisdom to know what it is. And that's why I use an average of the two. So that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, uh, Let's see, what else? Oh, uh, you were talking about uh, tokens and things like that. I use tokens. I make my, I I got a, uh, I've told this before, I, I bought the 4th edition Monster Vault, a used copy from Half Price Books, which had a, a holy mother buttload of, of tokens in there. But I also made my own. I had them printed out, and I would punch them out and put them on Fender washers, one-inch fender washers, and I relied on the Monster Vault box to, or anything bigger, like from an ogre to a dragon, because they had like two-inch ones or three-inch ones or whatever, and so I would use a combination of those two in my game. Fender washers, you can, you go down to Ace Hardware or Home Depot or something like that for like nine, ten bucks, you can get a box of a hundred of them. And there you go. I'm thinking of changing to Arknight the little standy ones, the plastic ones, only because you start making them out of fender washers, that's weight. These things can get heavy if you got like boxes, a, a box of them or something you're carrying around. So, caveat mTOR. I may do it, I may not do it. I don't know. I've made so many tokens now, I think I probably have to replenish a few. Types of monsters, but th- this is the, the one thing that always bothered me because i 'm doing theater of the Mind a lot in my Monday game, but I really want to get the map out, and well the map is out but I'm, I really want to start drawing on the map and place these guys and start doing it tactically. but my problem always been this is why it shows tokens the miniatures thing i've got some miniatures and there's some miniatures where I play, but the point is it's just you need so you need so many at the start for it because you not only have to have like minis for the player characters you have to have minis for the monsters and if you're just using one or two single monsters that's fine but what do you do when you have a squad of orcs or a family of ogres or something like that you need more than one and i just don't have the time patience or in fact frankly the room to sit around and paint miniatures and collect them so, I use the tokens because those are easy to print out and easy to, to deal with. And they just, they just make it a lot better. What I really like in that, in that, that uh, Monster Vault is the fact that they have 1-inch and 2-inch tokens that just say Monster. And so, if you want a squad of orcs, put one orc out there and then the rest of them can say Monster. And they're numbered. And when they die, you flip them over and it says Monster with a splash of blood, which means it's dead. So those are really nice fender washer, one inch fender washers. I usually go to like Staples or Office Depot, and I've got a I've got a template I made of of pictures. I grab pictures off the internet or whatever, and I just do it that way. I have them print them out, and I've got a one inch hole punch I got from Michaels. That I punch those out and I use gorilla glue on the back. use gorilla glue use something that do not use do not use Elmer's glue all unless you want to spend most of your time fixing them because they will because Elmer's tends to dry off and it's just it's it's just a hassle. I learned that I learned that really a really long time ago anyway I gotta start my day so tell you what I, if you guys want to argue this point or talk to me about anything else you can drop me an email as he did at oldmangrognar at gmail.com or you can drop me a voicemail on anchor now we are monetized so as little as 99 cents a month you can so help support this program and i would thank you again jonathan dorja wendell jessen and oliver shriek thank you very much fellows for helping me with this program, you are great. And so until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.